When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How would you like a $100 gift card for the 5150 Apparel Store? Well, right now through the end of May, you can get one. All you got to do is follow Knockin' Doors Down on Instagram, like the contest post, tag three friends, and you'll be entered to be one of the five winners selected on Monday, June 1st. Must be 18 years or older to enter. Rolling. Come on, come on, now touch me, babe. Well, thanks for singing, Mikey. It is uh, knocking doors down. Jason here with you. The uh, the very gorgeous Chris Moreno. Hey. Looking gorge, babe. I'm here. That's what I do. And the fabulously tattooed, singing some uh, Jim Morrison-style crooning over there. Mikey Naraki, what's up, brother? What up, what up? Uh, we got a great episode for you today. Uh, a little bit ago, Mikey and I were able to sit down and talk with Scott Stapp, uh, of course, a uh, former lead singer of Creed. Mm-hmm. His new album out now, uh, some great tracks on there. You know, he's doing a lot to uh, shed light on his struggles with uh, his mental health issues as well as his addiction and uh, how his new music is serving a purpose to hopefully inspire and help others, man. And it was... Uh, it was a cool, cool conversation. Cool dude, man. Super so. cool. It's weird to talk to him, you know, listening to him after all these years and talking just like, oh, oh uh, hey, hey, man, what's what's up? You know, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to keep your composure. Yeah, yeah he's been through a lot. Yes. I mean, he's yeah. he's he, he's definitely, and uh, it's fitting for the track that we're playing on radio right now, Survivor. Yeah. Uh, mm. He really is. I mean, he's a testament to that. And I think, like you said, I think that music is going to be a positive thing on a lot of people's lives. I think they're going to relate to it as well as this uh, upcoming interview. Yeah. So stick around for that. That's coming here in a few minutes. And we're actually going to roll a part of Survivor as we go into that interview so that you can uh, check out that track course. Scott Stapp's new album is available now. So... Definitely get it wherever you stream music, or if you're like me, I'm gonna pick up a copy of the vinyl because he's like, nice. oh yeah, there's a cool bundle, and I love yeah. bundles. It's like you, yeah, you've hooked me with the merch. It's the best of both worlds. You get a yeah. physical copy, you get the download code. Yeah, you can't lose. You can't lose. <laughs> well, of course, uh, a lot of us we're uh, feeling all kinds of things right now while uh, COVID's still going on, but uh, things are starting to lift. Um, I'm over it. You I'm know, over it. Well, I think every, the world is over it. Over it. Uh, you know, we've talked before about how we're mentally and emotionally handling it. Of course, me as a parent, you as a, an uncle to uh, nephews and uh, niece mm-hmm. and stuff, Mikey and Chris, you know, you with with the wife. And um, how you guys feeling about it? Are you rushing back out? Are you getting right back out there? Or is much going to change for you at this point now that things are starting to lift in the community we are? Restaurants are starting to open and things of that nature. You know, the restaurants, and there are a couple bars that have opened too, but I don't know about you guys. I'm going to chill because <sighs> once one thing opens, there everyone's just going to come rushing in. You know, oh my gosh, it's a sense of normalcy, you know, going to right. eat and dine in. But, I mean, bars kind of freak me out. Like I said, you know, people who are sick and don't know that they're sick mm-hmm. can be in these bars and then i feel personally i feel like the numbers are going to spike back up for cases i do it's so, there's a probability of it i just i mean that's my personal yeah, thoughts i'm still not feeling trying to go out uh doing the things that we were doing especially like we were a big concert couple hey, like you know and we take we would take public transportation we take amtrak a lot we yeah. take the bart mm-hmm. and that's all going to change now so yeah. uh it's uh, we're we're definitely not 
thinking that Aftershock's going to happen. I know they haven't outright canceled it yet. But when is that? It's in October, October. second week oh, of October. Yeah, big, big rock festival for those listening uh, right. elsewhere in California, Northern California, and Sacramento. And, and we do media every year, and it's kind of like a, a thing we look forward to. We don't do a whole lot, and that's our big thing that we do every year. And it hasn't been canceled yet, but I don't see us doing what we did last year by taking the train the way we did yeah. and public transportation and doing it that way because oh, it just yeah. doesn't feel – I don't feel like it's going to be safe yet. Yeah. You know? I, I don't want to risk it. I'm in no rush to kind of get the, the kids. I know that my son's done pretty well with it for the most part. I've obviously talked about he's got Asperger's autism spectrum disorder. Um, and he's had some moments – um, but he's not, uh, he connects more with adults and kids his age anyway. So he's not, doesn't feel like he's missing it. But whereas my daughter, uh, some of the households in our neighborhood, they've practiced total shelter in place and their kids just play only in the backyard or yeah, whatever that's gotta it is. It's got to be tough for the kids. So man. it's, yeah, it's sure. really, really, really tough on her because she is a lot like her dad, social. I know that's been a tough thing for me. Uh, as you guys both know me, I like to sit down and bullshit with people sure. and all that. And yeah, so, I do the podcast every week at my house, and mm -hmm. I haven't had one since the the beginning of March. And right. that's like our weekly thing where our friends come by and say what's up and eat and have a good time. And we haven't been doing that for, it feels like, forever, but it's yeah. only been about two months. And it's just crazy. <laughs> and, and even then, when we start doing that, it's going to be like, you know, I'm going to be real cautious about wiping everything down and keeping everything clean and putting new windscreens on the mics and making sure everything's as sanitary as possible. But I do want to get back to that kind of regular routine and normalcy, but without compromising anything. Yeah. It's just going to be a process over time. Things are starting to open up. Uh, you know, like uh, NASCAR hit the track, but they're doing races without fans. I know mm -hmm. some of where we're at, again, we're located in California, Northern California, Central California area. Uh, some of these tracks are going to start getting competition going again, but practicing a lot of that stuff. So, right. you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we just remain as precautious as possible. And uh, what are you guys doing though for your mental and emotional state with it though? I mean, what kind of things are are helping you? I've I've always had this dedication to wanting to read more, and I am mm -hmm. reading like a son of a bitch right now. That's great, and that's See, kind I, of been a mental thing for me to help. Uh, Self improvement books, autobiographies, and mm -hmm. such. What I do is I get up every morning. I try to get up around the same time, even on my days off. I'll still shave, shower, get ready for the day. Did you say shower? Shave, shower. <laughs> I whistled. <laughs> Shut up. Say, Sonny. Mommy looks good over there with them tattoos. Shave, shower, all that good stuff. And just, you know, get ready for the day, even though I'm right. not going anywhere, just to kind of make myself feel... Any, yeah. any action. I'm not getting any action, dude. It's all <laughs> this quarantine shit. I'm fucking over it. But, you know, and, you know, still trying to work out as much as possible, eat well. I want to... Uh, um, you know, come out of this whole quarantine thing without the quarantine 15, you know, <laughs> not trying to pack that on. So yeah, we've been doing walks yeah. uh, and we've been looking forward to it every week, doing walks, uh, walking the whole Bear yeah. Creek, big Creek in our area, in our town. And we do the whole thing and we do it every Saturday and Sunday morning, take the dogs out, do their thing. And, you know, then we just kind of stay at home and do our barbecue, but we try and create an atmosphere, you know, like we're you know, doing our own little party, our right. own little thing. We'll have a jam session maybe, 
you know, bust out the instruments, do uh, the barbecue in the backyard, play some music, enjoy the day as much as we can without people there. And it's just, it's that that's the missing link, I guess. Yep. You know? Speaking of music, uh, Scott Stapp uh, jumping on, knocking doors down here in just a few. Uh, we're going to throw a commercial your way, and when we come back, we'll play a snippet off of that album and jump right into that interview with Scott Stapp. In March of 2020, Carlos Vieira, owner and founder of KDD Media Company, wrote a memoir about his own personal struggles entitled Knockin' Doors Down. In his book, he relives his experiences as a drug addict and the ultimate path that helped to save his life. 100% of all sales of this book are donated to the Carlos Vieira Foundation's Race to Be Drug Free campaign. Go to kddmediacompany.com to pick up a copy for you or a loved one in need of inspiration and motivation. Also available on Amazon in hardcover, paperback and ebook how you like me now alive cause i believe you tried to knock me out but you couldn't drop no you couldn't drop me And we've got Scott Stapp with us. What? This is so awesome. How's it going, good sir? Going good, man. Good to be with you guys. Yes, thank you for your time. You're looking excellent, man. And um, I'm really enjoying the space between the shadows. Of course, your latest album that came out last year, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that and get into some of the stuff because uh, there's a couple songs on there for me, a little bit autobiographical and inspirational. What we want to touch on, of course, uh, knocking doors down. We're fo- focusing on mental health uh, uh, month um, right now, and um, you had a, a background of of some issues with mental health and addiction. Yeah, Where did man. it kind of start for you? Was it something that you noticed with childhood, or did it kind of as fame took off and success uh, that, that that it was just a you know coping, or where where for you really did it start? You know, it just came out of the blue. Mm. Uh, right around sometime between the ages of 23 and 25. Um, I just had a almost a sudden onset of depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really made no sense because nothing in my life uh, should have been a catalyst for that happening because right. yeah. everything in my life was going awesome. Mm-hmm. All my dreams were coming true professionally and as an artist uh you know and so uh it really goes to show that uh you know it's something that uh doesn't necessarily have to be precipitated by any type of negative life event yeah uh, no for it, sure it, it, it's an illness and it can it can come on uh and it and it and it really hit hard yeah well, yeah for is there a, within your family any sort of history of it i know for for me with with uh, addiction it's uh, runs on both sides of my parents family and my father who's uh been in, in uh recovery geez i think he's 19 years sober now so yeah. you know i know for me it, it ran in my family along with depression and and some other me- mental health issues uh, of right. which i've suffered depression and anxiety um you know I, I believe there were a couple family members uh, on one side of my family that that dealt with uh, 
dealt with alcoholism uh, and addiction. Um, but to my knowledge, not not uh, it's just hearsay. I don't know. I never met him. Right. Um, but I'm sure. Um, you know, I'm sure there were some folks, uh, especially on one side of my family, that 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 dealt with some things. Yeah. 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 yeah I was talking like, to Jason. Like my, my immediate family, like my my mother or father. Yeah, I was talking to Jason the other day. Um, I think it was yesterday, actually. Like, I just got anxiety right around 21 or 22, and everything's yeah. fine. Everyone's good. Family's good. Bills are paid, and it just it hits you. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you don't know where it comes from. You don't know why it comes, but like you said, everything in my life was fine. You know what I mean? I was doing okay financially and all that, and then bam it just hits so i totally relate to that it sucks and it's yeah yeah man it 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 just it came out of nowhere and mm-hmm. then and then for me i didn't know how to handle it yeah. i didn't even know what it was sure just, i just knew i felt different um my it, it affected me really physically right yes um no energy weak just wanted to isolate stay in bed all day mm-hmm. uh not thinking clearly but life had to go on yeah yeah um, and, uh, you know, we were in the middle of, of, of touring and all kinds of things and it couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when I began to increase, uh, the self-medication. You know, I, I think at that point in my life, there were already signs, uh, periodically, uh, that, uh, drinking was a problem. Right. Uh, I think more so to my friends than to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. I think I was the, the only guy that, you know, maybe once a week or every other week was blacking out, uh, and not, you know, not remembering the night before, yeah. uh, getting a little too out of control. Um, but since it was, it wasn't like daily or even every week there for a time, I didn't think there was a problem. Mm-hmm. And maybe even the people around me, even though they knew that that was kind of a, you know, not normal Maybe they they didn't even really think it was a problem yet. I don't think any of us were thinking that way. Um, But looking back, I can see there were indicators there. And so when the depression hit, man, I just began to Mm -hmm. self-medicate. You know, I, I, you know, the drinking increased to feel better. uh, And, you know, it it just uh, it it just led me down to a very dark place. that uh, just progressively got worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can relate to that all too well. Um, you, you know, I think a lot of it. You know, people forget. You know, the, uh, don't think the brain as an organ that that also comes to different levels of maturity. And and we know so little about our brains that when these things start to connect, I know for me it was also about that early late teens early 20s where where the depression really started to set in and i kind of took it as ah being a little lost in the world and my dad was just getting sober and um not fully understanding that it's just kind of the way that my brain works and uh you know it's taken me such a long time to acknowledge uh that i needed help i needed help. yeah yeah absolutely man and 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 that's the key um, and it took me many, many years um, to finally, you know, I guess surrender to the idea yeah. uh, that it's okay to ask for help. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that I don't have to, I didn't have to carry this. It wasn't weakness. Uh, uh, you know, I, 
I, it, it was actually a strength to reach out uh, and let someone know uh, that, you know, I, I was feeling a certain way or, or I couldn't control my drinking or whatever the issue may be um, that uh, help was needed. Um, and so for anyone out there, man, that's listening, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. That's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, it, and it really is because I think, um, you know, you said it best with the isolating is that's so common for us addicts to do, uh, yeah. which is quite ironic because we really want connectivity. I think, or at least I know for me, and I just didn't know how to do it, uh, on a non superficial level when I was out drinking. Uh, you know, or whatever it is, or, uh, you know, hosting a concert or, uh, you know, hanging out with rock stars or whatever, you know, hey, right, it's a big right. party and here we go. And obviously I'm connecting and I'm cool and whatever it was when it, when really I just felt so empty and, and alone internally that now having a support group, I've started to develop that connectivity uh, that's uh, improved my personal relationships, that with my kids and and my family and everything. So it's, uh, it really is, it's a a necessary thing to do to take that step when you need that help. Oh, absolutely. And I I think for a lot of people, you know, um, for me and, and I'll, I'll start with myself, you know, I had a little anxiety in social situations, Mm -hmm. um, looking back. Um, and so I would drink to lose that. Sure. Uh, Loosen up up and not, and not feel that. I didn't really understand that's what it was uh, at the time, um, and uh, but now that I now I know that, uh, and uh, not everybody's like that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> most most people who I call normies, um, they're 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 not like that. You know, they they don't feel this little bit of uncomfortableness or anxiety uh, around other people or meeting new people or or in social gatherings or, or whatnot. Um, and, and don't feel a need to have to self-medicate or inebriate or, or put something in their body to relax and be able to walk into those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that goes to, you know, what you were saying about anxiety. Yeah. Uh, there was definitely a, some of that going on. It's so weird that, you know, I'm a guy that gets on stage and, <laughs> yeah. and sings forms in front of people you think god how could this guy have anxiety um but uh you know i still to this day um before every show i'm nervous before i walk out there oh i can imagine Um, yeah you know i i just know how to embrace it now and i've learned to walk through uh you know my fears and and walk through things Mm -hmm. um and uh you know get out there and 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 then it just goes away and and that connection is yeah. so special yeah. and i'm yeah. so glad that that you know i'm, I'm in a place where i found sobriety mm-hmm. uh I, I found health and healing um and uh you know i'm at a place where i can i can enjoy life from that perspective mm-hmm. uh, and uh it, it's it's a fresh place to be and and uh you know for those of you in recovery man we just take it 24 hours at a time uh, and for me, you know, those 24 hours add up and, and you, you learn a new way of living life Sure. Uh, and being in the now and being present um, and just appreciating things that I that 
for so many years I took for granted yeah. uh, or wasn't present enough to appreciate. Right. Um, and, and so I'm just grateful uh, and, and thankful to have found uh, this new lifestyle and this new life and, and able to share my experience um, with others out there uh, mm-hmm. that may still be battling with this, uh, maybe on the fence, maybe even unaware until they hear our conversation sure. uh, and, and they relate and go, wait a minute, maybe I do have a problem mm-hmm. uh, that maybe the people around me are afraid to tell me because uh, that's very common, Oh yeah. Uh, especially with, with younger people. Um, you know, I think now in today's society, people are a lot more educated on mental health issues mm-hmm. and on addiction uh, and alcohol abuse issues. Uh, and so I think this, a lot of that stigma is, is coming off. And so people are talking about it more openly. Yeah, for sure. Uh, people are, are talking to their friends and, you know, letting people know like, Hey man, is everything all right? Um, Hey, let me be honest with you. Uh, and it, it, and, and you'll always know someone cares about you and truly loves and cares about you. If they start that, that sentence with, Hey man, let me be honest with you mm-hmm. uh, and, and, sh- and share some truth in your life that maybe you don't want to hear. And then maybe it doesn't feel good to hear it. Uh, but maybe it's exactly what you need to hear, you know, cause yeah. I know my wife has been that for me. Sure. Yeah. Um, I know that I've read a couple of, of interviews where you really talked about that, that, uh, your wife and even the point in what she said, uh, you know, Scott, it's, it's the kids and I, uh, or we're we're leaving if you don't get yep. help. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. And and you know she had she had endured and stuck by me, uh, and for so many years, while I tried to battle this on my own without help, yeah. uh, just white knuckling it, and I'd I'd make it three months, uh, and then I'd go on a bender, uh, and uh, you know the kids were so young that and and nothing was going on at the house so they weren't really aware of it they just thought oh daddy's gone he must be working right um and so eventually it got to the point where you know she knew that they were going to reach an age and they were reaching an age where they were going to be aware that uh there was something else going on uh and also you know she had been on a roller coaster man uh and so she she showed me some tough love, mm-hmm. um, and I'm so glad I had a moment of clarity in the midst of a of a pretty crazy relapse, um, where I could I could think for a second and realize, man, I do not want to lose uh, my wife and my family, and and I also began to reflect on in that moment on everything else and how uh, you know my my disease. Uh, and, and drugs and alcohol had affected the previous 10, 15 years of my life yeah. and slowly taken away everything and everyone that I loved mm-hmm. um, and, 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 was to, and had ruined and destroyed big portions of my life. Um, and so having all that kind of sink in, um, you know, it was like, you know, I'm going to go get help and I'm going to do whatever they tell me to do. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna surrender because I do not have the answer. I can't solve this. I've tried and it just keeps getting worse. 
Um, and, and that's really when true change started within me is when the ego got out of the way. Uh, I got honest with myself mm-hmm. and with others uh, and just said, hey, you know how to be sober. You know how to be healthy. Uh, you know how to overcome or, or get the proper care for depression, anxiety, whatever your issues may be. Mm-hmm. Help me. Yeah, uh, I'll do whatever you say. And, and once I did that, true change began to happen. And and now I'm sitting here with you guys five and a half <laughs> years sober later. That's um, awesome. And and talking about a new record and helping other people. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah for I mean? sure. Because that's what it's all about. Because when we're helping other people, we're outside of our own brains, man. Yeah, we're yes. outside of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. And the worst thing for me, man, is to get locked up inside of here for too long. You oh, know what I mean? Oh, all for- too well. Oh. Yeah, you know what I mean? So so fortunately, I have an outlet with writing and creating, um, you know, but I've got to come up for air, man. Yeah, and, sure. And stay, and stay connected uh, and keep talking with people. Uh, and so I, I participate in, uh, you know, a recovery meeting. Uh, I have I have a sponsor. Uh, I have people I talk to uh, and I change my lifestyle, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to everything to address uh, the issues that I had so I could finally embrace, you know, happiness and peace and love and, and, and a normal lifestyle, man. It's out there for people to have yeah. if they want it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think you guys have found that. Um, and, uh, and, and it's good for us to share and talk about it, man. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. And I know that that was, for me, uh, it was interesting because, uh, as I was telling you uh, before we started recording, that uh, Carlos Fiera that uh, wrote his book, Knocking Doors Down, that the purpose of the podcast was our our motto was, if I could help just one person, it would all be worth it. Well, and I found for me, and I had told him recently, that you have helped one person, me, because it's given me now an outlet where I went from you know, rock radio, DJ program director and operations manager to now where I can really actually talk about this uh, in this kind of form and have a totally different kind of connectivity that has been so incredibly helpful for me um, because it's given purpose to all the damage that I did uh, with my addiction, you know. It's so amazing that you bring up the word purpose because it's it's it could be so easy for us to look back at the wreckage of our past uh, and and the dark days and the dark times and let that cause us to walk around with embarrassment and guilt and shame and what we have to offer now uh, by by helping others that are going through the same things and by spreading the word and by being available to, to others in need, man, that gives us purpose. Yes. Uh, and that takes that, that mess and turns it into a message. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's so cool to hear you say that cause that's what you're saying. <laughs> um, and that's what, uh, not to, to take it off the seriousness of, of the topic, but that's what the first single off my new record, yeah. the space between the shadows purpose for pain was all about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was finding a purpose for that pain, man. Yeah. Um, uh, when I, when I did, it changed my whole mindset uh, and, and it made me reflect on those times. Of, of course, you know, there, there are things I wish I could change, but now I use those things and those experiences and those stories and those things that I share to connect and relate with people who are going through similar stuff 
Uh, and in some cases, I'm like, hey, man, this is where it can end up. And I can tell you from personal experience or I know exactly where you are right now, man. And you don't have to be there anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, man, that's that's finding purpose. And I love what you said about helping, you know, even if it's just one person, you know what I mean? That that's a powerful that's a powerful mentality uh, to have. And, and and that's really the key uh, to to long term uh, sobriety and staying sober uh, is being open and willing uh, to help other people. And I think that that can impact people with with depression or with anxiety. If you're helping someone else with those same issues, you're helping yourself while you're helping them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it's an interesting uh, cycle uh, that happens. Uh, and so, man, it's, it's, it's amazing to hear you say that, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I I found it just so important that, um, mentorship and, and being a mentee, uh, is such an integral part of it all as well. Um, you know, of course uh, you also being a father, obviously, you know, we're mentors to our children, but, uh, through this process of sobriety as well, uh, you know, like you mentioned, you have a sponsor still. So, you know, someone that you look to as a mentor, but it is, it allows you to, you know, continue that cycle of helping one another by, by passing along the messages and lessons and, 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 uh, not just through your art, which, uh, we do want to talk about the space between shadows here in just a bit, which survivor is my favorite song on the album. It just kick ass. Cause uh-huh. when Taylor, I, ca- man. when I came on to create, it was uh, songs like bullets and stuff like that, that I was like, Oh yeah, this kicks major ass, you know? Um, okay. But uh, how, how are you finding um, the response? Is there people that are reaching out to you that are, you know, hey, Scott, thank you for sharing your story. It's, it's helped me. Yeah, you know what? The, 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 the reaction has been, you know, just humbling, overwhelming. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I read a lot of the, uh, the, the, the mail that comes in from the fans and mm-hmm. And to hear them share their story and and how, um, you know, this record and me opening up and sharing uh, my story has helped them has has, you know, it's just been it's it's been amazing to hear, you know, and and just them saying that to me, um, you know, has has solidified a purpose in me has also continued to bring healing within me. and I appreciate I appreciate them so much, and I'm so grateful uh, that that my my situation uh, and then what I share about those situations through the music has been able to connect with people uh, and 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 you know bring them uh, some level of healing and and, and hopefully help them uh, in their journey in life, man. Uh, Scott, I got a question for you that uh, someone uh, that we work with passed al- along. I guess they, they um, knew some uh, some folks that you that you know as well when you were first starting in music, and uh, uh, so she wanted me to see if you could confirm the story that uh, you were sleeping on a friend's uh, rather in their on their floor or something like that because you didn't want to let your folks know that you were dropping out of school to pursue being a musician. Is there any accuracy to that at all? Um, it, I, I have spent 
many nights on a friend's couch uh, <laughs> or on a friend's floor. Um, but as far as to do that, because I, I was dropping out of school um, to pursue music, that part's the twist. Mm. Okay. Uh, I actually was enrolled in, uh, in college and in my senior year, already past midterms uh, when Creed got a record deal. Um, and so the only reason that I ended up uh, not finishing my, my senior year is because we got, you know, shipped out <laughs> to, to start showcasing and, and having to go here and having to go there and going to New York. And, I, you know, I couldn't finish. Uh, and so uh, that's when I withdrew from school. <laughs> I, uh, I think it worked out for you, though. I think you did pretty well. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it ended up working out. But you know yeah. what? Something, something deep down inside of me has always wanted to finish, man. I was sure. so close. I was 15 hours away. Oh, uh, oh no way. Yeah, from graduation. You know, five, five classes. Damn. Half the year. Uh, uh, so... I'm sure it's more now. If I was to go back, it's you know it's probably more. The curriculum's changed, but right. at some point uh, in my life, I, I definitely want to finish up that degree. Yeah. Um, just so when I tell my kids they got to you know go to college <laughs> and finish the degree, they can't look at me and say, "Well, you didn't." <laughs> right. Um, just be like, you know, "Yeah, I was- did." <laughs> well, what about you, Dad? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's the worst part of being a parent. Nothing amplifies your your hypocritical actions and words like parenthood, does it? Uh, you're exactly right. You gotta you gotta live what you say because your kids they're they're so smart, man. They'll point it out. Oh God, yeah. My daughter, she is just uh, she's a pistol. Mikey can confirm that. And mm-hmm. boy, she keeps me on my toes with it. You know, ten years old and. You know, but, but dad, I heard you saying this and then you were doing that. It's like, son of a, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I kind of shot myself in the foot for my future unborn kids who asked to get their first tattoo. I don't know what I'm going to tell them <laughs> when I say no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, uh, yeah, uh, you don't want to do that uh, yeah. as you're covered. All, all you got to do is start ingraining in their brain if you don't want them to when they're little, how painful it is, yeah. how much blood comes out and how big you know the needles oh yeah it's funny you say that my nephews asked me started planting fear (laughs) when as soon as they start noticing it yeah for uh, sure maybe that'll work my nephews are like did that one hurt or did this one hurt right here i'm like you can't imagine the pain that i felt when it was on my throat it's something i hope you guys never go through and they're just looking at me with their eyes wide open (laughs) i think we're good i don't think they want any so good thank you for that uh scott i you know uh, this is i i just realized i thought i had interviewed you years ago but i realized no this is our first conversation so i don't really know much on the background of the formation of of creed how you guys came together because uh you know i was kind of under the impersonation too that maybe you had left college and you know then the band started and then it got then eventually it took off but how'd you guys meet was it something where you just saw mark playing uh you know guitar at a at a club and went hey i want to work with that guy or no mark and i went to high school together oh okay uh, in uh in orlando and uh and i knew he played guitar in high school and um he knew that i sang and uh and then we ended up not knowingly uh both at florida state university years later um 
you know, probably I want to say four years out of high school for me, three years out of high school for him. Um, and uh, I was looking to start a band and mentioned it to a friend uh, who also went to high school with us. Uh, and that friend said, you know, Tremani uh, lives here. Maybe you guys should get together. And so we got together and started jamming and writing songs. Uh, and then, uh, you know, well, over the next uh, year and a half or so, we we ended up going through, you know, a couple drummers and a few bass players or whatnot, and then ended up finding uh, Scott Phillips and Brian Marshall. And so we we uh, we formed in college. Nice. Um, and you know, Brian was going to FSU. He actually graduated before we got a record deal. Um, and uh, you know, we were all we were all in college, all friends, and and uh, you know, working, going to college, and yeah. living the college life, and you know, rehearsing, and and uh, just looking back, I can't believe we did so much. <laughs> uh, you know, all you know, just is crazy, man. It was very organic and very real. Mm, yeah, nice. that, that, that's always cool to hear that it when it when it goes that way. Yeah, I'm always interested. If uh, do you recollect who came up with the band's name and how it came about? Was it like I've heard people where they just they wrote names down forever or they threw out some name and they're like, yeah, that's it. We'll just call it that until we figure something else out and they never change the name. Yeah, we had bounced around with with different band names and and. Uh, one day at rehearsal, uh, Brian Marshall threw out a band that he had been in prior and Creed was a part of their band name. It wasn't their band name. It was a word within their band name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and me being the primary lyricist, um, heard that word uh, and knew how well it connected uh, with what I was writing about and and what, and, and, and also I just think the word sounded so strong to all of us mm-hmm. that it didn't take any convincing. I think it was kind of like a, you know, a group. That's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. all at once. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's kind of how it was born. That's nice. cool. Well, speaking yeah. of uh, being primary lyricist, what was it like uh, working on the space between shadows? Of course, the new album uh, folks can go to scottstapp.com, uh, get some cool deluxe bundles and stuff. I'm a big vinyl guy, so I'm going to have to jump on that. But uh, yep, how, how was the process with writing this? Because there is a lot of very strong lyrics uh, in, in the music connected to um your sobriety and and being a living a purposeful life and encouraging others to do the same. Yeah, man. You know, I I, I had a lot to reflect on. Uh, you know, when I started writing this record, um, you know, I, I had finally uh, had some real sober time under my belt for the first time in my life. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I I had really began the process of of making serious changes in my life, changing old habits, you know, doing a real 180 Mm -hmm. um, in terms of of many aspects in my life. Um, And so I had a lot of time uh, during the first couple years uh, of getting, you know, reconnected with my family and just getting grounded and stable in my recovery um, to really reflect uh, and and write down a lot of things. Um, And so that's where this album came from. Uh, and I got together with uh, some buddies of mine that I had written songs with before mm-hmm. uh, in the past. 
Scott Stevens, Marty Fredrickson, uh, yeah. who ended up producing the record. Um, and uh, we, we've been friends for a while. And then I wrote with uh, Zach Malloy and, from the Nixons and Blair Daly. We, we had all been writing buddies uh, before. Uh, and we have such a good chemistry and camaraderie um and uh that you know i i things start small um you know a lot of times you know with just me and one person you know me and me and uh a guitar and another guitar player or me and just an, someone else on guitar you know trading stories sharing ideas me thumbing through notes or thumbing through lyrics like what do you think about this line that line and just starting to freestyle i just had a lot in me mm -hmm. uh and surrounded myself with friends and people that I respected and admired as uh, musicians, um, as collaborators, um, and and as producers, uh, and uh, the album came together, man. Uh, and uh, it's something that that we're all proud of, and I was happy to share yeah. uh, with 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 the world. Yeah, I I know that uh, when I was still working in radio, we're located in the uh, Central Valley. Uh, near Sacramento and uh, you did a show there and we sent some uh, I unfortunately couldn't make it but we sent some listeners and, and a few of them met you and just said it was the coolest experience that uh, you're not only a great show but that you were such a gentleman and it was like it, they were like it was like talking to a normal guy I'm like well yeah he is a normal human being you know oh that's cool I, pre I appreciate that but you're right man um I am just a, just a regular guy who happens to do music. Hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd like to think of myself that way. I'm, pro I'm, I'm probably, if you ask my wife, a lot stranger uh, <laughs> than, uh, than I'd like to think I am. But, you know, um, I, love, I love my fans and, and love people and, and uh, just try to let them know every time I meet them. Yeah. Nice. Well, I, I definitely look forward to hopefully once uh, all this gets lifted with the COVID, if you make it back out to the West Coast, to be able to finally see you do some solo stuff. I'd seen Creed a couple of times, so it'd be cool to finally uh, get to see what you're doing now uh, in person and experience it. Yeah, man. Um, you know, we don't know when that day is going to come. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're still, seems like in the thick of things. Um, especially the concert business and, and the touring world. Yeah. And, and uh, so we want to make sure our fans are safe. Uh, you know, the band and crew is safe. And, and so when that day comes and, and, you know, can't wait to get back out on the road and, and, and do what I love and share these songs live, uh, continue to share them live. You know, we, we toured a lot last year yeah. uh, all over the U.S. Um, you know, we still have a European tour uh, slated uh, for the end of October through November, uh, you know. So we're keeping our fingers crossed that 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 is going to happen. Um, and so you know we're playing it day by day, and 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 we'll see what happens. So anyone who's currently got tickets to shows that that I have on the books right now that were on sale, just stay in stay in touch with my website and my social media accounts uh, because updates are coming. Uh, very soon on which show, which shows uh, we're not going to be able to do yeah. um, because because of this and it's unfortunate man but uh, you know we all are in this together and, and want to keep everybody safe and and uh, and and stop the spread yeah absolutely yeah. it's such an odd uh, dichotomy and and just 
I mean, uh, you know, I'm 41, so um, you know, you and I are about the same age. Is just never having seen anything like this in my life whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I did my first uh, AA Zoom meeting uh, earlier this week, and it was like, wow, this is this is kind of a trip here. This is a, a weird way to, you know, normally you do your circle at the end and and uh, you know talk talk the steps and work in the steps, and it was quite a, a different way of going about it for sure. Yeah, man, the world has forever changed. Uh, I, I, I think I think in some ways people, and it's just my opinion, in some ways people have found that that you know they can get a lot done, you know, at home. Yeah, uh, and, and through their computers, uh, and and uh, so and then you know in terms of of how we uh, understand you know uh, contagious illnesses. Uh, just like the regular cold and flu. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I'm going to be like height. I have a heightened awareness of people around me when they cough and they sneeze like, like, uh, you know, just like, man, if you're sick, stay home. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, we, you know, we, we, we give that to each other. So probably going to be a lot of people wearing masks for a long time. I, I don't know, man. I don't know what the world's going to look like, but I know mm-hmm. we're going to get through this. Uh, and, uh, and and be stronger because of it that's that's my hope i think so and i've noticed uh, at least folks that i've been talking to uh that you know again it you know an adversity becoming an advantage of now you are around say your family more often or what you know whereas maybe you were out um and people are just kind of refocusing on family a little bit different I, i know i have um, yeah. which, which, which I've just tried to look at the gift of what is in this situation. Okay. So my kids and I, we can't, you know, we, we, I like to take them to concerts. You know, we did tool last year and, right. and, you know, stuff like that. So we had to cancel some different shows, but, uh, you know, we've kind of refocused and, and listened to a different variety of music at home or building Legos, playing games, whatever it is. So it's, it's, we took the, the negative and made it a positive so that we could actually bond a lot more. Yeah, man. I mean, we it, we've got to find the silver lining uh, the best we can to keep our head above water. Um, you know, my my heart goes out to to those that you know are having to deal with with some harsh realities. You know what I mean? Like their rent, yeah. uh, groceries. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's a lot of organizations out there uh, <clears throat> that are there for you. So you know, reach out to those. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can, we can all, uh, get back to, to, to work, uh, soon, yeah. but, uh, we definitely, there, there definitely has been some, uh, silver linings in this, uh, you know, with the time spent with our kids and, and our families that we wouldn't normally have. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mr. Stapp, is there anything else you would like to uh, let people know other than obviously scottstapp.com? Uh, uh, the new album, The Space Between Shadows, is available there on digital platforms, uh, you know, Spotify, Apple Music and such. Just I, my new single, Survivor, just went to radio a few weeks ago. So if you haven't heard that, stream it. Go to Spotify, Apple Music, wherever, wherever your streaming platform is and and check that out and then hit me up on my socials. Let me know what you think. Uh, you know, and uh, that's the man. It, it was great talking to you guys. 
Yes, sir. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. It was great talking to you. Uh, it's it's cool. I've uh, been a fan of, of the music for a long time, and, and uh, I would like to take the step a little further just to say as an inspiration of what you've done with your life, uh, even bigger fan of, of that and, uh, you know, something that I could uh, – when I get closer and more down the line into my sobriety to see those kind of positive changes happen. So uh, for, from a personal level, really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you so much, man. And, and hey, man, one day at a time. And uh, we can do this, man. Stay strong. And I appreciate you guys. Uh, and look forward to seeing you once we're back out on the road. Absolutely. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Make sure you hit me up, come backstage, say hi. And, oh, dude, and, that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, man, Absol definitely. Absolutely. And for those that are listening, if uh, you're following us on social media, that's uh, Knocking Doors Down on Instagram and Facebook. We have shared uh, the latest single up there from uh, from YouTube, so go check out Scott's uh, song, Survivor. Uh, my favorite song on the album. It's it's the kind of rock that, that I love, uh, you know. Good, hard rock, inspirational, motivational, and uh, it's, it's a great album. So, folks, make sure to check it out, all right? Thank you guys, man. Thank you so much, dude. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. The Carlos Vieira Foundation, along with Knocking Doors Down, joined together with the Race to End the Stigma program. The Race to End the Stigma campaign was created to not only change the way people perceive those who are living with mental illness, but also how those who are affected perceive themselves. To find out more about the scholarship program, head over to carlosvierafoundation.org for more info. Oh man, that was that was a good uh, conversation. Scott Stapp's an awesome guy. Again, Super cool, dude. Uh, his new album is out. Follow him on social media everywhere at Scott Stapp, and definitely appreciate him giving his time to uh, to the audience and speaking very open and honestly about uh, his mental health and addiction uh, issues. As of course. Uh, this month, we've been highlighting Mental Health Awareness Month along with the Carlos Vieira Foundation and more details available on the Carlos Vieira Foundation and the Race to End the Stigma program that focuses on mental health available at carlosvierafoundation.org. Um, but uh, yeah, as we wrap up this month, I know, you know, uh, primarily Mikey and myself, Chris, have been talking with folks concerning, you know, the mental health stuff mm -hmm. and uh, you know, Chris, having known me for a well over a decade, you know, when I talk to people, it just the, the shit percolates in my brain. And so it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, of course. it's really been uh, put out that challenge to me in my own head of, okay, how are you dealing with your mental health and stability? What are you doing? Because I am such a people person and that's what chills me out. And since I haven't had that, I've had to kind of find different ways of connecting yeah you know and 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 uh, this podcast has probably been pretty pretty cool in that regard right that it, we were still able in these times of quarantine to connect and have deep meaningful conversations with people even if it's via zoom via skype yeah. whatever remotely we're still able to you know connect with each other like we were just saying the other day uh our xbox is uh the only way that some of our friends have been communicating lately <laughs> right. when we all hop on call of yeah. duty yeah. we'll all get in there and then we just talk about our day like mm -hmm. we're all just in the party chat talking just kind of like you know normally we'd be at each other's houses but uh you know it's it's a way of staying sane and trying to keep the normalcy going in uh these crazy times yeah to the best of our ability uh anything else you'd like to add mr naraki Hang in there, guys. I don't know if there's light at the end of the tunnel, but just hang in there. Wash your hands, all that shit. Let's get through it together. 
<laughs> wash your hands, all that all shit. All that shit. That's all what that we're trying to off, off, your hands. off of your hands. <laughs> Fucking over it. Uh, hey, coming up uh, as we head towards uh, June, we've got some great episodes for you. We'll, we'll be welcoming uh, David Siegel, uh, Marine Corps veteran, suffered some, some really serious tragedies, uh, including the loss of uh, life for fellow soldiers. In the thick of it, loss of children while he was uh, is serving in the Middle East, uh, came home, uh, struggles with, with PTSD, and he was very open and honest with us. He'll be kicking off the month, and then we've got uh, Chris Opinski, a uh, mm-hmm. um, gentleman here. He also happened to have served in the Marine Corps, but his addiction started really early on in life, mm-hmm. and uh, he'll share his story. And then uh, Tony Hoffman, man. Hoff! Cool conversation. <laughs> he was a badass dude, and what he's doing now a uh, guy that was uh, uh, excelling in athletics when uh, when he is in seventh grade, he was getting touted by different high schools wanting him to go there wow. to play basketball and other stuff. Um, and he just never felt this sense of normalcy, of course, turning to, to drugs, served time in prison, but uh, came out on the other end, and now he is just totally knocking doors down. Really Inspiring, inspiring. others, doing amazing work for awesome. uh, others and himself and the way he's turned his life around through his story. <laughs> and then we'll be talking to Carlos Vieira, the author of Knocking Doors Down, the guy that said, hey, along with my book, Jason, you crazy son of a bitch, let's do a podcast. You got it. So bitch. So uh, we're going to be talking to him about the significance of racing. Uh, he races uh, stock cars and what that's played into his sobriety and helping him maintain a sobriety and, and really spawning on a lot of other stuff, uh, including the 5150 brand, where that came from. Uh, we won't get into that totally, but you can get more on that by purchasing the book right now at kddmediacompany.com. Fifty-one fifty is a lifestyle. We believe in pushing yourself, finding your passion, knowing your dreams, and working hard. Always striving to make those dreams a reality. We believe life's too short to sit back and say, "What if?" Go after it, grab it, and make it happen. Being fifty-one fifty is committing to that long, hard road ahead that you know is going to be tough, but the most rewarding. That's living the madness. That's fifty-one fifty. If you're living the fifty-one fifty lifestyle, then celebrate by rocking the goods. Listeners of Knocking Doors Down, head over to 5150ltm.com. That website again, 51FIFTYLTM.com. This podcast contains the views and opinions of the Knocking Doors Down hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. Privacy is of the utmost importance to us. For those wishing anonymity, people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality at the request of certain guests. This website or podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. In no way does 
listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with their content establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through the contact page. This podcast is owned by KDD Media Company.